Welcome to a Stonewall's Perspective Podcast. We're on a mission to see lives changed by the gospel, one life at a time. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of a Stonewall's Perspective Podcast. I'm your host, Alexander Stone. In today's episode, we have another very special guest with us. He is one of my best friends, one of the greatest friends that I could ever have in, in the world. He's just the kindest guy. Please welcome the founder of America First Media Group, the DC Patriot. Please welcome Matt Couch. How are you doing today, brother? Hey, Alex. Thanks for having me, man. It's great to be back on with you. Great to have you on again. So today we're going to be talking about his Faith and Freedoms Conference that he started uh, on May 13th. And, and the next one is going to be in August 6th through 8th, I believe. Is that it? That's the plan right now. Yes, sir. Awesome. So we're going to be just talking about that, his, his mind behind why he started it, faith and freedom. Uh, but before we do that, um, it's been since November since we, we had the podcast. So just remind everyone a little bit about who you are and, and kind of what you do. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm an investigator and a political analyst. Um, so I've investigated a lot of, uh, a lot of you know, things out there that are unsolved around the country. And, um, and I've got a voice. You know, I, I fight for uh, congressional candidates and Senate candidates and, then, and basically just fighting for America first values and, and putting God first, you know, putting God first and everything. And so our, our slogan, you know, is God first, America always. But yeah, I founded the DCPatriot.com. It's an up and coming news site, one of the larger ones on the conservative scale. And then uh, on all my social media platforms, I'm at Real Matt Couch. You can find me anywhere from, you know, Twitter to Gab to Instagram to Telegram. I'm Facebook. I'm all over the place. You know, try to be, you know, uh, our slogan for what I tell people when I speak is be everywhere uh, as conservatives, because that's the only way you don't get censored. Uh, yep. But, you know, mainly just trying to, uh, you know, fight for our country because I believe it's worth saving. And we're trying to, I've got probably 30 plus candidates in the U.S. Congress and Senate that are running, uh, as well as Chad Prather, who's running for governor of Texas and people that I'm backing and working with. And so uh, that's that's kind of where my, my passion's at right now is I believe, you know, uh, the conservative movement as a whole, you know, Alex, they think that the Democrats are the number one problem. And I'm not saying that they're not a problem, but, you know, we know what the Democrats are going to do. They're going to boo God at their convention. They're, they, they, they hate Christians. They, they, they love abortion. We know what their party is all about. It's not going to change. Um, you know, day in and day out, it's, it's simple. They, they don't like you, anyone who, uh, who is a Christian. They don't like you if you love babies. They don't like you for all those different reasons. They, if you like God, they don't like you. So we get that. We kind of get the, the anger and the angst about them. But I believe the only way we save America is we have to get the true, uh, you know, kind of snakes out of our own party. There are so many uh, rhinos, Republican in name only, that are not uh, doing what they're supposed to do. They're not representing you or your folks or representing myself and my folks or, or, or my kids or whoever. They're, they're literally just, you know, playing to the corporations, playing the Washington, D.C. game, accomplishing nothing and not fighting for their constituents. And we saw that with what happened, you know, with the president. We had 11 rhinos that voted to impeach him. And then we had 35 rhinos that voted for this idiotic commission because they were upset that a bunch of 60-year-old truck drivers took selfies inside the Capitol. Uh, you know, at this point, you know, it's just gotten silly. And, uh, and in all honesty, um, you know, there was no one that was, you know, there was not one Trump supporter that killed anyone at the Capitol. That's been proven. The New York Times, all these big liberal outlets have retracted all that nonsense. The only person who was killed was a 34-year-old, gorgeous female 
uh, Air Force veteran, spent 14 years in the Air Force. You know, she was married and she was shot at point blank range in the face by a Capitol Police officer. Uh, no one has still, they still haven't even released this person's identity. Uh, you know, that's, that's what I'm fighting for is basically, you know, we have to get some integrity back in our country. We have to get Republicans in office who put God first and who actually want to, you know, fight for the, the rights of America and what America was founded on. And I'll, and I'll yield back. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. And, and I think that everyone should be fighting for integrity, fighting for faith, fighting for freedom. And it, it, it seems like it's come to a point where the Democrats don't like freedom. Like they they certainly don't appreciate freedom because of all of the scam of 2020. Like that was disgusting. The scam and, now. And <laughs> it was it was so fake. The Dr. Fraudchi. Like it's it's all crazy, like what's going on in the world. And the liberals, it seems like they they don't like the freedom that we formerly had but before 2020. All they want is masks and and they want the freedom to choose to abort. But that's about it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, you know, it's 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 uh, it's it's accurate now with what we know with Dr. Fauci coming out this week, uh, the emails showing, you know, that masks don't do anything, which it's it's amazing. You know, we all said, hey, masks don't do anything. Uh, we were attacked by liberals and even some conservatives who didn't have the courage to stand up for their own rights. Uh, people like you and myself and others were attacked. And so now we've been vindicated there. We are right. You look at the election, people said, oh, you know, uh, they're, they're trying to silence anyone who, who challenges the election. You're not allowed to say, I don't believe so and so on. Uh, this is a free country, a free republic. You know, we're not a democracy. A democracy means mob rules. That's what the left likes to throw out that term democracy mm-hmm. all the time. We are a constitutional republic for a reason. And literally, you know, uh, now you look at what's happening in Maricopa County. I don't care who you are. You don't send 100 lawyers to prove you, you know, to, to, to hide your victory. You know, the Democrats have sent over 100 lawyers to Arizona. Um, the Department of Justice, Biden's weaponized DOJ with the new Attorney General Merrick Garland, who is very upset because he didn't get chosen as a Supreme Court justice. And the you know, McConnell and the GOP blocked him right before Trump was elected. They wouldn't approve him. So he's a, it's a weaponized DOJ. Now we see that Biden, no one's talking about this, wants to hire 87,000 new IRS agents. That's because he wants to target conservatives, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to come after each and every one of us who speak out against them. That's the goal of that, and weaponize it, just like Obama did against the churches. Um, it, you know, it's, it's time to stand up, you know, Alex, for our, for our side of the aisle. It is time to get people in there who will fight for you, who will, who will fight for God first, who will fight for America first principles. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, but this whole thing, you know, so we, we've proven now that the virus thing was a scam with Fauci, you know, that's been proven with all the emails. I'm sure it's going to, the vaccine thing will eventually be proven as well. And then now with Maricopa County, they're about to do the same thing in Philadelphia and Nevada, or sorry, uh, Pennsylvania and Nevada. I guess it will be Philadelphia. That's going to be the target of that one. But, um, so when these states start, you know, doing these audits, um, I do agree with our, we both have a mutual good friend, Eric Matheny. I do agree with Eric, you know, from his legal standpoint, he's an attorney, you know, they are going to kick this can down the road. I don't think you're going to see President Trump reinstalled. Let's just say Maricopa comes out and they say there were 412,000 votes that were illegally cast for Joe Biden. Uh, Donald Trump is your winner. Well, they've got this new civil rights division that they just, you know, enhanced to call anybody who questions the voter racist. 
So they're going to bring that person in who's, a, who's at the DOJ. He's like, a, you know, it's like a, yeah, I'm a big fan of the show NCIS. So I guess he's like some sort of director, director Vance type position. So he'll come out to Arizona with all of his goons. And uh, then they'll, they'll count again. You see where I'm going with this, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then, then Nevada, Mindy Robinson, I know she's a fighter. She's going to head that up out there. And let's say they prove it in Nevada. Well, guess what? Here comes the Civil Rights Division with another truckload of goons. And they're going to recount. And it's just going to, you know, it's going to be a tennis match. They're going to go right, back, back and, and forth. forth. And then by the time anything's done, we're already, you know, we're already in, in, in 2024 for the election, you know? Yeah. It, it, that's exactly what's going to happen. And so at this point, I think, you know, sure, you want to prove the fraud. So you show the American people that you're, you're holding these people to the fire. But anyone who thinks that Donald Trump in the next three months, they're going to come out with a cane and pull you know, Joe Biden off and push Donald Trump out on stage and go, he's back. Uh, never happened in our nation's history. It's not happening now. Uh, and I believe conservatives, Republicans who don't understand that are forgetting that, folks, they control the White House. They control the Senate. They control the Congress. They control the judges and they control the Department of Justice. So even if you prove the fraud, you know, Alex, how do you get somebody to do something about it? Now you'll back and you can't. Yeah. OK. All right. so, so we're on the it, same usual. <laughs> right. Exactly. There's no constitutional way of that happening. And even if there was nothing would happen because of like, like what you just said, they control the house, the Senate, the presidency, the judges, everything. Um, and, you know, I think it's crazy how naive people in the Republican party are that they're blindly believing all of the things that like, whatever Q is saying, right. like, right. trust the plan, like okay. the plan, you know, what say that again, well, character, if you will, every time somebody says that to me, I don't, I mean, I let people believe what they believe. You know, I, I don't, I haven't taken a pro or an anti stance just because, I, you know, they can believe what they want, but mm-hmm. it's becoming dangerous at this time. You know, it's starting to get a little dangerous. Every time somebody mentions a certain letter, I picture the old Sesame Street with like Elmo and Grover and they're dancing with what's the letter, what's the letter, you know, and it's the letter of the day. And then they're holding up the big Q, you know, and dancing with it. I mean, yeah. you know, that's kind of my, I, I just don't, at this point, Alex, I don't know. I mean, how many times, I mean, name one person that's gone to jail. They keep claiming all these arrests are coming. Name one person that's gone to jail. None, none, I can't. And we're going on what, four or five years of this charade now? It's crazy. <laughs> all right. We're on the same page as usual. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a mess. And, and, and like, like you said, I let people believe what they want to believe, but it's, it's getting dangerous. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I, I think that's kind of crazy about the movement is the lack of um, outspokenness from pastors. Like, where are the pastors at? Uh, Chad Prather said in the, in the concert um, at, at your conference, like, as Texas goes, so goes the nation. I, I thought that was funny, but I disagree. I think that as the church goes, so goes the nation. As the pastors go, so goes the nation. And right. I think the pastors are, like, completely out of, like, talking about what's going on, faith, freedom it's not happening. Uh, and, and I think it needs to. No, I, I agree with you. I mean, you and I, you know, some of my, my, my great friends in life, pastor Brian Gibson and pastor Greg yeah. Lott, pastor Mark Burns. I mean, these are the kind of the guys, pastor Dave Scarlett. These are the guys I run with. They're warriors for Christ, warriors for America. Uh, they fight for God first and America always and America first principles. Um, you know, they've gotten churches open. They kept their churches open when everybody else closed their churches. So these guys are, are true warriors for Christ in the country. And I agree. I think um, the church's weakness 
has caused the fall of America. And the fact that churches aren't standing up to tyrannical mayors and city councils and governors, mm-hmm. state representatives, um, that's a big problem. That's what's caused this mess. You know, as you as you saw the article that came out this week, you know, uh, there's a supposedly you know big shocker. I mean, I don't know what it is with the Chinese people and, and birds, but you know they've got like an fa- infatuation with you know doing things with animals they shouldn't. Um, it, it, you know, now they're saying there's a new strain of a bird flu, but at first case in humans, mm-hmm. I mean, you have to eat that or do something very derogatory to a bird, you know, to get bird flu, especially a new strain. I mean, it's just, what, what are they doing over there with birds in China? Um, and, and you get to the point where it's like, there's one country that's causing all these problems and nobody, and then if you say it came from that country, you're a racist or yeah. you're a homophobe or, uh, you know, social media and big tech tries to ban you. I mean, uh, it's just sad, but, you know, getting back on the churches, um, I think they've got to stand up. They've got to say, you know what, we're standing for Christ. You know, uh, you know, Jesus didn't make, you know, the lepers, you know, put on masks when he was walking and talking to them. And, uh, you know, the disciples weren't walking around, you know, the apostles weren't walking around, uh, you know, uh, you know, you know, talking to Jesus going, you know, we'd love to help you in this town, but can we make the people put on masks? You know, I don't, I don't, I don't recall reading that, you know, in the new Testament, but um, you know where I'm going with this, I think. Yeah. It, it's just silly at this point. You, you know, either your faith moves mountains, you know, or mountains move your faith. Mm-hmm. And, and at this point, you know, people have got to, you know, especially, and these are pastors, you know, I haven't gone to seminary school and my faith is stronger than it's ever been in my life, you know, and uh, I credit that to, to God above and, and, and I've got some great mentors, but you know, it's, you know, I always tell people, you know, I'm not a preacher, but I'm a believer. Mm-hmm. And, and I do a little preaching here and there, but not, you know, not like my, my buddies do. But, man, it's, it's what is going on with these pastors? Why are, they, why are they cowards? Why are they not opening their churches? Why are they not standing up to these tyrannical cities and mayors? Um, and here's the thing. Guys like me, guys like Pastor Brian Gibson and Greg Locke and, and Pastor Mark Burns, if, you ha- if, you're, if you're a pastor in America— and you want to open your doors and you think they're going to come and close you down, you can get a hold of us and we'll mm-hmm. come to your aid. There's no, there's no doubt in my mind. There's not with the group I run with that. I couldn't get a truckload of, of influencers and pastors there to stand with you and get your church doors open. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense at this point. If you're, if you're, if you're still limiting your congregation, if you're still masking up, if you're still not open, the issues, you know, with your faith and and your faith in God, and you probably shouldn't call yourself a pastor. I'll, I'll yield mm-hmm. back. You know, I, I definitely agree. And that's one of the things that I love about my church. Like, we, we closed down initially just to make sure that this wasn't like the, the Black Plague or whatever. You want to make sure it wasn't a bioweapon or something, which I guess now it is a bioweapon. So. <laughs> yeah, <maybe>. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we closed down, and then after a few months, the – we, we filed a lawsuit to be able to reopen and we did that on, on behalf of all of the churches like near us. And, and we were able to reopen, not at full capacity, but, um, but we reopened and we, we fought back and, and I'm, 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 I'm very appreciative of my pastor for doing that. And like, we need pastors to stand up and I'm not saying like be uber, super conservative, like wear a MAGA hat. I think that's kind of over the top, but I'm saying like, stand up for the truth, stand up against abortion, stand up against um, all of the corrupt 
things that are going on in this world today. And I think that pastors are going down this rabbit hole of going to wokeism and uh, progressivism. And it's, it's, it's very dangerous. It's a very slippery slope. hundred percent. No, it, re- it really is. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's just sad to see because, you know, they're not leading their flocks anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, used to, you know, you know, you look at the black robe regiment, we can talk about that, but I mean, you look at that, you know, pastors used to lead their congregations. You know, they led by example. They didn't hide behind government regulations and cowardly actions. And so I think, uh, you know, and they, and they, and it's not just COVID. It's not just COVID, Alex. I mean, like they, they're not standing up for anything. Like they're not standing up against the LGBT situation. Like, like it's like, think about this. Our veterans get one day. Those who gave the ultimate sacrifice get one day and we're giving, and we're giving one to 2% of the population an entire month. You know, seriously, an entire month to celebrate, uh, you know, all the corporations are breaking out rainbow toys for the kids to try to normalize this, this, uh, this, this sin and this insanity. It's mm-hmm. not okay. It is not okay. I'm a dad. I've got two daughters and no, I'm sorry. It's not okay. Now, here's the thing. I don't care about your lifestyle. If you want to, if you want to live that lifestyle, that's between you and God. But you're not going to indoctrinate my children. And, right. and, and, and the fact that parents out there that are supposedly Christians are, you know, you see what they do whenever there's something that they don't like, right? There's a huge pride march and rally, a Black Lives Matter rally, an Antifa rally. You know where I'm going with this. Why aren't there in every major city in America, why aren't there 50,000 Christians out there protesting, you know, Lego? Or, or, or Nintendo or whoever it is that's putting out all of these rainbow-colored pride toys and saying, look, you're not going to indoctrinate our children. Right. The churches became cowardly. And, um, and, and it's just sad, man. And now if you did that, you know, like you said, you're a xenophobe, you, you're, a homopho- you're homophobic. It's not about that at all. I don't care what you do. Just don't try to cram it down my kid's throat mm-hmm. or cram it down my throat. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, it, it's a running joke with my buddies that are Marines, you know, and, uh, you know, you know, I feel like it's the same way with the LGBT community, you know, uh, with, you know, if you, you want to know how, I'll get, I guess I'll ask you the joke. I, I, I do this to Forty Williams all the time. So when he watches this, he'll, he'll send me a real, uh, uh, delightful text message. So I'm going to pick on Cody here, but, um, so if you want to know how, how do you, how do you know when a, somebody's a Marine? I'll how do I know you. when someone's a Marine? Yeah. Oh, I, I don't remember. They'll tell you. Wait. Okay. They'll tell you. <laughs> Always. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I, I remember that from, from the conference yeah, yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, so they'll, t- they'll tell you, you know. And so, yeah, we always give Cordy heck about that. But it's like, but I feel like that's the same way with the LGBT. How do you know that somebody, you know, is, is gay anymore in America? They, ha- they have to tell you. They can't not. It's like, look, I don't walk around going, hey, how's it going, Matt Couch, single dad of two, straight guy, love women. <laughs> you know, I don't want, you know what I'm saying? Like, we don't do that, right? Right. You know, I mean, you know, girls aren't walking up to, to, to us going, hey, how's it going? You know, I'm I'm majoring in such and such. I, you know, I, uh, you know, I, I spent 11 years at this corporation. I really like dudes. I mean, no one straight people are not walking around telling you what their interests are from a sexual standpoint. Right. So why in the world are we accepting the fact that there's this, this small one to two, maybe three percent of America? And that's all they do is just cram it down our throats. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why people are so frustrated with this. People like you and I, anyway, and, and the pastors yeah. and, and those who have the courage to say something. But I think that's part of the problem. You know, 
we're letting the smaller groups have the bigger voice in America. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's causing these problems. You know, it, it's crazy. And I definitely agree with you. Like, if you want to live that lifestyle, that's between you and God. I don't care. Sure. Uh, like, I, I think you should have but the right. To, one sin to... doesn't outweigh the other. You know, I mean, you mm-hmm. could go steal a pack of juicy fruit, you know, at, at a convenience store. You know, that's still that's still a sin. You know, you could go, uh, you know, you could go and, you know, there, sin is sin. You know, we're all, you know, none of us are perfect. There's only been one. And so I, I'm not judging them based on that, but I also don't have to condone that. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's, a, that's the thing, you know, like it's, it's amazing. If you go to church, you know, and people say, well, you know, I've had, I've had pastors give me this. I've debated pastors on this before uh, as well, buddy. And I'll just tell you this, this argument, the pastors of that. So, well, you know, Matt, I've got 1500 people uh, uh, per service. I've got four services on, you know, Sunday, I've got two on Saturday, you know, big churches. Right. Right. And, 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 I, and they're not wrong in what I'm about to say, but there's a but to it. And they'll say, so out of 1,500, probably half of my congregation is probably committing adultery. Mm-hmm. You know, he said, he said, you know, he said, so, you know, uh, why would I, why would I, uh, you know, say that, uh, you know, that uh, LGBT people can't come to my church? And I said, well, who said they can't come to your church? You should encourage them. You should want them in your church. Mm-hmm. You should want to lead them to Christ and hope that, you know, they, they, they become awake enough to understand what they're doing, you know, but you know, he was trying to basically say, well, we're, the church isn't going around and condemning, you know, all the people in the church that are, you know, sinners and committing adultery. And that's right. They're not, but those same people are walking around the church going, Hey, uh, you know, guess what? I, guess, guess what my sexual preference is. You know, they didn't, you know, there's just a difference and it's, and it's alarming um, but no sin outweighs the other, but at the same time, you know, I, I think you've got to, we've got to start standing up to this a little bit. It's, it's engulfing our lives, right? Don't you, I mean, the, the, the you know, you've got the pride, you know, all America does is, uh, you know, is virtue signaling more. Mm-hmm. And, um, now you'll back, man. But I mean, it, it, as you can tell, it's a subject that frustrates me because nobody seems to have the courage to, to speak out about it. You know, I, I definitely agree in the in the indoctrination is like on a mega level, especially this month. Like it's yeah. it's it's crazy and it's in the schools and even like important things are infiltrating into private Christian schools. Like I was I was looking at Twitter the other day and I saw that they were showing kids like first first graders, I think, a video of of what sex is or, or masturbation or whatever. And I'm like, what in the world is going on that that we have come to this point of of evil that that kind of stuff is being shown in even private schools? Like it's it's a mess. It's it's uh sorry, Sean Foyt just retweeted me there. I saw I saw it come across the screen for the thing in Amarillo tomorrow night. Will mm-hmm. this the show be up uh, today? Right? Uh, it'll be yeah. uploaded on Monday. Uh, oh, on Monday. All right. So, I think so. Unless you want it up today, I can I can put it up today. No, 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 don't. No, you're tired. You need some. No, I was gonna say I, I'm I'm going to Amarillo uh, tomorrow. I've, we've got uh, Sean Foyt uh, performing. Uh, Let us worship tour kicks off in Amarillo tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, that that should be awesome. We're hoping to. I want to baptize two thousand people tomorrow night. That's the goal. There you go. So we're uh, excited about that too. So, uh, but yeah, no, I mean it's it's you know I think you, you know you I wish we had more people like you and you know. You mentioned, you know, Savvy Truth a little bit earlier, you know, and she was at our event too. She's, 
you know, I believe your age, you know, you got, you guys are the future of our party, the future of our mm-hmm. country, you know, people like you and savvy, you know, you know, young, uh, Christians, uh, conservatives, you know, we've got to get more youth like you around other youth, you know, we can't take another, um, you know, I said this on stage, as you know, many times, we can't take another generation of liberal indoctrination or America is toast. I know everyone mm-hmm. thinks the biggest threat is Joe Biden or Kamala Harris, or the biggest threat is elections and elections are very important. They are, mm-hmm. and, but and you've got to win the elections to do what I'm about to bring up. But if we don't get school choice in America in the next mm-hmm. three to five years to where parents have the choice of either a private school or public school or homeschool, and that money goes to the parents so that the parents can pay for what school they want to send their children to, uh, we are we are going to be toast as a country because that's how they are controlling your children. You know, the majority of kids are going to public schools. Ninety uh, percent of uh, elementary, you know, basically K through 12 teachers are liberal. Ninety five, almost 98 percent of college professors are liberal. And so school choice, allowing your kids to go to a charter school, a Christian school. That is the biggest way that we change the foundation of America and get America back to being America. Because you're going to have things like Chapel Day. You're going to have praise and worship. You're going to learn about Jesus. You're going to learn about a moral compass. You're going to learn about the Bible. You're going to mm-hmm. go back to the, like being back in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. You know, you're going to learn uh, some skill sets as well. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest fight America has, you know, kind of to kind of count what you were just saying. I think school choice is the biggest fight we have. Whoever is running for the presidency and whoever is running for Congress and the Senate, that would be my talking point, because if we don't fix school choice in America, if we don't get, and I'll, I'll just give you the numbers on, I don't know if I've talked about this on your show or not before, but not yet. The, average, the average kid or the average parent, I don't know how you say it. So when you go to a public school, the average the school gets is $10,500 per kid per year. Now, when you look at the overall grand scheme of things, you go, well, that's not that much money over like, say, nine months, right? But there's a buck coming, Okay. So let's just say you've got the average, you know, kindergarten, first, second, third grade teacher, you know, fifty to sixty thousand dollars a year is what these. That's not a bad salary, right? I mean, when you think about it, you get three months off during the year. You know, you're off at three thirty every day. You've got weekends off. You've got two weeks at Christmas. You get spring break, and you know, you see where I'm going with this. I mean, if somebody would have told me when I was your age, hey, you know, if you decide to be, you like history, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, if you decide to go get a degree in history. Uh, you can also coach sports and get a stipend. You can make, you know, 50, 60 to 100,000 a year teaching and coaching. By the way, you'll have three months off, every weekend off, two weeks of Christmas, spring break. I'd have been, you know, if a counselor had said that to me, you'd be talking to Coach Couch right now instead of Matt Couch because <laughs> I, mean, I would have, you know, and we need more, cons- you know, we also need more, uh, you know, conservatives to go into teaching, you know, and it, we don't have that anymore either. But the point of this is the average is 10,500. Let's say you put 30 kids in a classroom, which they, they try to do anymore in public schools, right? They cram them in. Well, if the average is 10,500, see where I'm going with this, that puts you well over $300,000 in that class, right? That the government gives the school. The teacher's only making 55, 60,000. You see where I'm going with this with the profit margin, right? Mm-hmm. Now, granted, you've got principals and staff and things like that, but they're also getting money for PEs. They've got Booster Club. They've got all these different things. So if you if you're in New York, it may be more like eighteen thousand per kid. If you're in Utah, it might be sixty five hundred. But the overall national average is about ten thousand five hundred. Now, Alex, you give that money back to the parents. 
And instead of it going to that public school, it now goes to first Christian school or, or whatever. And the ki- the parents take the money and they put the kid where they want to go. Mm-hmm. It's that simple, you know? And if you still want your, you know, if you still want your kid to go to that public school because it's more convenient to you, or maybe you went there as a child, more power to you, but at least right. the choice is yours. No one's saying you don't, you can't send your kids to public school, but you're giving parents that choice. And to me, the, you know, the only reason why um, a lot of conservative Christians don't put their kids in Christian or private schools is because they can't afford it. Right. And, uh, and I think if they could afford it, you would see it an would. influx of schools exploding and growing, charter schools, private schools, and thus you would have them, you know, you, you would start changing the mindset. They would learn about God. They would learn about history the right way. They would learn about, you know, uh, the America we used to love and know. There wouldn't be critical race theory and all of this nonsense, right? It would literally, um, it would start changing the country from the inside out, from the youth level of giving them a chance to not be indoctrinated and just actually learn. Right. And, and no, I, I li- think that's a fight we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I live in Missouri and BC before COVID. Um, my school would would go to a school choice rally in Jefferson City at the Capitol. And I, I, I wasn't part of it. It was just like a few seniors that went with the superintendent of the school, but we would fight for school choice. And I think that's definitely needed uh, in, in America, the right to choose what school you want to go to. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I think is part of the downfall of, of America is like um, the, the, the Supreme Court decision to take, to take prayer out of schools. Um, when, when that horrible. happened, I think, what? Horrible decision, yeah. It, it was terrible. Uh, and I think that's kind of when everything started to go downhill fast. Uh, uh, ten, about 10 years after that, Roe v. Wade, abortion legal in all 50 states, it, it, it just keeps going and going and going. It's like a, a, a down, let's see, a, a snowball effect of, of evil and, and sin. And God is not for it. No, no, he, he's not, man. I mean, and I think that's honestly the, you know, the worst part about, uh, about that is, you know, like you said, putting God back in schools, uh, and they're obviously, you know, that's going to be a fight. They're obviously, you know, certain states are trying to do it. Arkansas, I believe, passed that mm-hmm. uh, with their legislature, but I'm sure the Democrats will fight that, you know, in federal court. That's going to be a fight uh, yep. for that to last and stick and stick and stay. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think this, everything we're talking about here, you know, charter schools, private schools, getting God back into school, getting prayer back. I mean, can, can kids even pray around the flagpole anymore at a school? Yeah. I think once a year during see you at the poll, but that's about it. I mean, how sad is that? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't, you know, coaches have been fired for praying with their teams before games and after games. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's just a sad situation. And, and once again, like you said, let's go back to the pastors. You know, there should have been, you know, if you're, there should have been 22 pastors for, from a town with half their congregations at that school board meeting the next day when they fired that coach this is cowardly pastors cowardly christians you know stand up for the coach right right i mean it's unbelievable you know and you know what it says i mean i I mean uh you know it's pretty simple the bible is very clear if you deny you know if you deny him before you know man he's going to deny you before the father 
And I don't think, and it's almost like what, 90% of Christians don't even understand that verse. It's pretty simple, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so basically by not standing up for that coach that was praying, I mean, uh, not, not standing up for him that lost his job for praying. I, I mean, imagine, I mean, I would be there, you know, that about me, obviously I've, I, uh, right. I lost a marriage for that similar circumstance um, because I was not going to allow uh, my alma mater to be disrespected. Um, and so, and I stood and I stood up for it. I wasn't going to allow children to take knees during the national anthem when I was a platinum sponsor of uh, the sports team, as well as it was the, you know, I'm a, I'm a fourth generation resident and my alma mater. And, um, you know, it, it, you know, I, I would stand. But just think about that. Can you imagine claiming to be a Christian? Your coach gets fired, your head football coach or whatever gets fired for praying with his team, and you don't stand up and go to the school. Would you want to answer for that on Judgment Day? Because I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think there's a lot of soul searching out there for uh, for a lot of people in this country, Alex. I agree. You know, let's go. Let's go to the conference. So, sure. so you started Faith and Freedoms Conference in the beginning of May. What was kind of your, your head around that? Why, why did you start the conference? Um, I, I felt like the majority of the people doing these events around the country, uh, I'm, I mean, the gloves are off with me. I think you kind of know where my mentality is that we talked before the show with the way uh, the disrespect has been out there with a lot of people in this movement. Um, I have realized that most of these people that are attacking myself or the pastors are exactly you know, uh, it's like the Democrats, whatever they accuse you of doing, that's exactly what they're doing. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're, they're grifters. They're doing this for a profit, but they're not making any difference. So the majority of the people running events around the country, they're literally just grifters. Uh, you know, they're not coming up with any solutions. They're not putting, you know, up and coming candidates on stage. When you look at our event, you know, we had Alex Stovall and Willie Monahue and Bob Lancia and, and Aja Smith and just, you know, so many people, you know, so many people out there uh, and, and there's and there's you know way more than that, you know, that were there you know, that were speaking um, that are running for office for the for the U.S. Congress and the Senate. Uh, mm-hmm. So we, not only did, we wanted to do a conference to put God first, you know, and allow the pastor to have a voice and to lead like they're supposed to. We wanted to combine that with patriotism. So, you know, we had the Christian community that would be like, oh, well, you know, uh, Every now and then, Matt Couch says something I don't approve of, or Craig Sawyer says something I, you know, I'm going with, don't, I don't approve of. And Pastor Gibson and Locke and the guys are going, look, it's a faith and freedom conference. It's not a Christian conference. And yeah, that's I would what say, I was saying. you know, when they would attack me, oh, well, you know, you shouldn't, uh, you should separate church and state. I said, look, it's a faith and freedom conference, you know, but we got attacked mainly by conservatives. We didn't get attacked by liberals, we got attacked by conservatives because they were jealous of the fact that we were doing an event. Uh, many of these groups want to be the only groups in America that can do events, but at the end of the day, they're providing zero solutions. They're charging asinine prices, you know, thousand dollars, seven fifty, a thousand, thirty five hundred, five thousand dollars. You know, we charge one hundred ninety nine bucks. That's it yep. for all four se- or all six sessions, four days. We had over sixty speakers. Everybody from Lance Walnow to you know Tony Schaefer was there. Uh, you know, Damani Felder. I mean, I, I could just keep going. Mindy Robinson, Sarah Gonzalez, Chad Prather. Um, you know, it was just an amazing, amazing event of, uh, of patriots, uh, you know, that were there. And but the point is, the reason why we started was, is we were I was sick and tired of watching these groups 
that come up with zero solutions. They don't put God first. They're all about making money and they're not delivering any solutions. And the average person, Alex, could not afford to go. Mm-hmm. They just couldn't afford to go. Yeah. So I want truck drivers, you know, HVAC technicians, the plumbers, the welders. You know, I want the, the backbone of America to be to feel like their vote matters. All I used to hear uh, on the streets when I travel was, hey, man, I don't feel like my vote matters. I don't feel like my voice matters. Uh, I don't feel like I'm a part of this movement. And that's kind of what we wanted to change. And I felt like we did a really good job of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. And this is not to be confused with Faith and Freedoms Conference. Uh, your conference is Faith in, faith in Apostrophe faith or whatever. In, yeah, everybody is yeah. like stealing the name now all of a sudden. Have you noticed that? Like all these other groups yeah. are not starting to use our name. Uh, mm-hmm. We actually have Faith in Freedoms trademark. You know, in fact, I own the apparel line Faith in Freedoms. Mm-hmm. So we have that trademark. Uh, but it's, it, it's bizarre because... I've noticed like seven groups around us have started using the name Faith and Freedoms, uh, which is, you know, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, and then, you know, we had, you know, we had Cat Turd there doing a live Q&A, <laughs> and, uh, which was hilarious. So he's, he's a good dude, a patriot, you know. Uh, we've both been retweeted by the president a lot, uh, President Trump, that is. And uh, the interesting thing is, you know, we did that on, I believe, Saturday. On Monday, he was on with Jenna Ellis on Real America's Voice. So we, you know, people were definitely paying attention to that conference, to what we were doing. We were mm-hmm. trendsetters. You know, they always say that, uh, you know, that uh, imitation is the best form of flattery, right? Well, people are definitely imitating what we did. Um, and I think that's the, the testament that the event was very successful uh, from an event standpoint. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, uh, first events, you don't, you know, no one made any money. In fact, we took a pretty big hit on the chin, myself and, uh, you know, the pastors, but, uh, you know, it's the first one and we're going to bounce back and do one August 6th through the 8th in Northwest Arkansas, my stomping grounds. I mean, I will be there, uh, pastor Brian Gibson, pastor Greg Locke, uh, you will be there speaking, uh, pastor Mark Burns, uh, pastor Dave Scarlett, uh, Lance Walnow, Craig Sawyer, Mindy Robinson, uh, Sarah Gonzalez, you know, we'll have the, you know, a, a lot of the crew, you know, Damani Felder, uh, you know, we're going to have a big crew. Obviously I believe, you know, I expect to see, uh, Alex Doval and Willie Monahue and Bob Lancey and mm-hmm. a lot of these fans. Audra uh, Johnson is running up in Michigan. Uh, you know, there's going to be, I expect to have probably maybe maybe 30 or 40 candidates that come in just to be at this. I don't know if they'll all get to speak, but right. be at this event. Uh, it's going to be a big, big kickoff event for, uh, for this area. And it's my stomping grounds. I want it to be where I can, you know, draw a large crowd. And, uh, and we'll have some surprise guests. You know, I can't talk about it yet on the air, but look like we're going to have some really, really big names that are going to be at this next one. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's exciting. Um, and I think you should try and get a young conservative panel. That'd be, that'd be that nice. Would, that would be great. Yeah, we could do that. We could get you and Savvy up there for sure on that one. There we go. Uh, I think we need young conservatives back, like, to, to, to stand up and step out because I think that's not happening at all anymore. And in my generation – if we go like super liberal, then, then I think our country is done for. Um, and, and we need to be taught Jesus. We need to be taught uh, the values of Jesus, the values of the Bible. And you know what? Um, I said this in my podcast with Eric Matheny, like, even if you're not a Christian, I think we could, most of us could agree that the values of the Bible are good values that, that, that people should value. Like don't, don't steal, don't kill, love your neighbor as yourself. Like these are good values that every one of us should, should embrace. But I feel like 
the, the, the liberal movement is, is far, far from that. And I think we need to stand up and step up for those. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean, I think that's the, that's the kicker of this one, you know, and so we'll, we'll do this next one in August. I'm not sure when the next one will be after that, maybe October. And then probably we're even looking at possibly doing one a Christmas type event as well, because, you know, that's strong in our faith. You know, it's my favorite time of year. You know, I grew up as, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I'm always tell people I'm like Chevy Chase around the holidays. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, mainly just because, you know, it was, it was tradition, you know, not only worshiping, you know, the birth of, uh, of Jesus, but, you know, a, a very important day in our faith as Christians. But, you know, uh, the way I was raised with my, my dad, you know, my, my, my dad, my grandpa, you know, my mom, you know, like it was a tradition, you know, like we, we grew up on a farm and we had a huge, like huge, why is it a huge Christmas tree? I'm not, you know, like 30, 40, 50 foot tall guy, tree, big Christmas pine tree. And uh, we would get in the bucket, you know, uh, of a tractor and drive around and put the lights on this thing. That's how big it was. And so, you know, decorating all that. I, I mean, I think that's another thing. That's another one of the real things that, you know, reason why I supported Trump. And I've had everybody from, you know, Rolling Stone to right wing watch write hit pieces on me when I say this. But the fact that Trump, one of his main campaign promises was to bring Merry Christmas back and was to get people to stop saying happy holidays you know, because it offended the minority group. Uh, and, and we, I felt like that was accomplished. Uh, but I was doing it before the president, you know, they wrote happy holidays. I would say Merry Christmas just to tick them off. Uh, because, you know, I, I, I don't like the cancel culture. I don't like the PC nonsense. Uh, you know, we are a Christian nation. And I think that, you know, as Christians, you know, if you really want, there's things we can do, you know, I, I can do a whole show on this, Alex, but as Christians, we should be pushing extremely hard, like, you know, November 1st through January 1st to really push the Christian holiday, you know, mm-hmm. light decorations, events, you know, caroling again, you know where I'm going with this. Like we need to get back to, you know, old school American values and really start celebrating Christmas like they used to. And, 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 and you know, not just spreading cheer, but spreading the gospel. And I think that's, uh, that's really missing too, because people, you know, they, they're not doing any of that. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I definitely agree. We need, we need faith. We need freedom. We need um, to start saying Merry Christmas again, because it's, it's a real, it's a holiday centered around Christ. Like we wouldn't have what we have today if it was not for Jesus, if it was not for biblical values. So we need to Im- uh, implement those back into our society, faith, freedom, and this world needs Jesus. Our, our nation needs Jesus. And without him, then, then we're just going to fall apart. And it seems as if um, America is lacking it, right? Lacking him right now. And we need him back. I agree, sir. 100% I agree with that. I mean, I, and I think that's my thing, you know, like, uh, you know, it seems like a simple step, but, you know, it doesn't take a whole lot to, you know, to, uh, to celebrate Christmas. It doesn't take a whole lot to put up some lights. It doesn't take a whole lot to, you know, say, hey, you know, uh, I haven't seen my friends in a while. You know what? Why don't we, uh, you know, why don't we throw on Ben-Hur or something? You know where I'm going with that. Throw on some, it doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be a, a biblical movie. You know what I mean? Throw on, uh, you know, one of your favorite Christmas shows and have people over in fellowship, you know, and just, you know, just talk, just fellowship again. Celebrate the time of year. Uh you know, that's, that's something that I feel like we're taking, you know, especially with the last year we took for granted and uh, let's get back to just, you know, uh, loving your neighbor and, and literally just 
you know, celebrating these, these times and not, don't let the, don't let the mainstream media and the liberal idiocy take away from our faith and things we enjoy as Americans. And that, and I feel like we're letting them win by just saying, Oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to no, no, no. We need to take it back. Let's take our country back with even, even by just, you know, just going back to old school traditions, Alex, we can take the country back in, in, in certain aspects. Amen. I definitely agree. Well, with that being said, that's going to come to an end of the episode. Thank you, Matt, for, for being able to get, get on this show uh, and talk a little bit. Um, but thank you all for listening. And that's going to come to an end of the episode. Thank you all. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope you enjoyed. You can also check us out at Stonewall's Perspective on Facebook and Instagram to keep up with the latest news. Stay anchored.